Welcome to the Hub Podcast, Highland University Ministries online space. We seek to be a voice that walks with you through scripture and helps guide you right out of scripture. Right now, we are studying the book of Ephesians together. In this episode, the drivers walks us through the know him you all love him the man the myth the legend xander cochran and if you know him and love him you know he's literally never met a stranger this is a verbatim text from xander on monday march 23rd 10 27 a.m the week after all the crazy went down and at this point i'd already left abilene i was already out i was i was gone uh, but this is what he said hey leah how can I serve you this week? I mean, that's a text that'll just brighten your whole morning. And honestly, if this isn't classic Xander, I'll eat my shoes. Luckily, it was classic Xander, so I don't have to. But here is the greatest thing about this classic Xander moment. It illustrates really well one of the most important can't-miss points in today's particular passage. And that passage is Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. So what I want to do, like we always do on the podcast, is give you a minute to read and digest for yourself just a little bit. So I'd say take two minutes, just find a good spot, read it once, read it twice if you're feeling a little crazy, and hey, maybe even read it out loud. I don't know. So go ahead, press pause, give it a read. So now as we jump in, I want to focus on how we can nerd out here for a minute, um, just to give us a little bit more room to get into the text. So a big portion of Paul's language in this passage um, is kind of this metaphor mix with the house, wall, citizen thing. It's it's really interesting. And so I kind of want to jump into that. Um, So first off, citizenship. Roman citizenship was not easy to come by. You have to meet a lot of really specific criteria. Uh, you usually were of a certain social status. Um, and, and honestly, this kind of made even the Gentiles hate each other. Um, but then you bring Jews into the mix. And as we all kind of know, the Jews really had their own subculture within the Roman Empire. So in verse 14, it reads that Jesus has made us both one and broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. So this use of the word wall or dividing wall is really interesting because in the courtyard of the temple of the temple in Jerusalem, there actually was um, this literal wall in Greek, um, the Mesotoikon, um, dividing wall in the temple in Jerusalem. Um, that su- it, it, that word literally means the wall that separates two apartments from one another. But that's the wall that was um, in in the Jewish courtyard. So this was what separated, hey, Gentiles, you can't go past this point. This is for the Jews. So this meant that the Jews were very used to separating themselves off, you know, taking themselves out of the culture. Uh, They were part of God's kingdom. They were not part of the world, right? So this is kind of the environment that exists. It's very hostile. It's very me against you. So how does Paul get to the place where he's reached past that in this passage? And so we're going to start by looking into what God has actually done for them and for us, um, which is the sheer magnitude of what has been done through Jesus on the cross. 
This is how, in Paul's mind, the best picture is of a house, built as a temple together, a single body, for the purpose of proclaiming the name of God. So now I kind of want to call out what the implications of this are for us today. How do we go from a world where, sure, it's not ancient Rome, it's not, we're going to literally throw you in jail for doing, I don't even know, for walking on the street. Um, It's not like that, obviously. But how do we teach ourselves not to shut ourselves off from people? How do we become people who break down that barrier? It's really hard to step away from the norm where we're used to sarcasm, to being suspicious of each other, to not trusting the things that we read on social media. And if anything, the world is really affirming of whatever divisions that we can create for ourselves. So the message here is bigger than societal expectations and rules and also so much deeper than just behavior modification. So a really cool thing to point out is that when we're talking about Christ's body the way Paul does, there are kind of two ways of thinking about it. There's the body that's broken for us on the cross, and then there's the body of people that come together to worship him. So this is absolutely trademark Paul, because it means that God not only cares about our relationship with him in a kind of one-on-one way, you know, me praying up to God, but that also our relationships with one another that pull us closer to God, um, that that is a very important, a very necessary part of being in God's kingdom. So the coolest thing is that this means God has taken away both the actual barrier that separated us from one another, but he's also granted us the ability to look inward and identify where we're shutting ourselves away from one another. So Paul wants his audience to recognize each other, not just as two groups who have come together, but in fact, as a single group with no distinction and one purpose. So for us, if we're to become a people who recognize one another, as we talk about so often in our ministry, that's not just something that we passively kind of do in the background if it becomes convenient. And that's where we come in as the people of God, as the ones who, when the world says, okay, let's find a reason to hate each other. Let's find something to to hate or point out about someone else. We're the first to boldly set aside our own agendas, our social standing, our arguments, and work for the restoration. So from here, how do we kind of take this and actually go out with it? Um, So the reason I actually brought up Xander earlier is because he's a really, really, really awesome example of someone who who does this, who breaks down his own wall, who sets aside whatever self-consciousness he might have and really loves people and brings them in. He doesn't hesitate to say, hey, I'm I'm going to reach out to this person. I'm going to talk to them, even if I haven't seen them, even if we don't really talk even whatever it is. And so the mandate that Paul gives uniquely makes you look at yourself and ask, am I happy with the pecking order, with the way that I behave towards other people? Or am I living this life from the standpoint of someone who's actively seeking out? So in a second, I'm going to read off one of my favorite ways to begin a prayer. But before I do that, I want to give you a couple of questions to kind of reflect on, to talk about with God and with yourself. So the first one is, Are there any people, and these could be individuals or groups, in my life that I may be avoiding because they're too difficult to confront, too difficult to talk to? And if so, who? So this could kind of be, I mean, it could really be anything. And I can't tell you what it is. Zane can't tell you what it is. You you know when I say that phrase, who comes up. 
So knowing that, how can I practically move my heart attitude, your own heart attitude in a direction towards knocking down that dividing wall? So this can be in a direct way, actually getting in contact with them. It could also be in a more private way. Um, so that could be writing a letter to them that you never actually give them and letting that direct redirect your heart. So first, identify those people. And then second, move in a direction of breaking down the wall. So to open in prayer, the verse that I have is Psalm 139, 23 through 24. And I've got the ESV version. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So as we pray together, I hope that we're all encouraged by the knowledge that we're doing so as one body being built together into a dwelling place for God, just as Paul says. Mm -hmm.